You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 35. Jesus has just finished teaching and explaining to the disciples the parables that he has taught, causing them to be the insiders of the message that he had about advancing the kingdom. How many thinks that that's the job of the church, to advance the kingdom of God? Amen. Let me say something to my other pastors in this place. God's going to do something exceedingly, abundantly, above all. It's going to take a lot of us to get the job done. And so hang on. God's going to do some great things in this place. Verse 35. And the same day after he had taught the disciples, when the evening was come, I'm reading out of the King James, got the these and the vows. He saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. How many ever want to go to the other side? Mm, uh huh. I'm looking forward to the day to get to the other side. Verse 36, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. Don't you love the words that are written in red? And the wind ceased, and there was a small calm. What? Oh, there was a, see, you all, y'all are good. There was a great calm. How many could have the Lord speak something over your life and bring a great calm? Mm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea Obey him. In other words, where is this guy from? Mm-hmm. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you, Father, that you can work through this silly old man of God and that you can help us, Father, to arrive to something that will strengthen us in the days in which we live right here, right now, as the body of Christ. I give you honor, I give you glory, and I give you praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. If I was going to title the message today, it would be this. How can you sleep in a time like this? How can you sleep at a time like this? Everything is being shaken. Everything is out of kilter. Nothing seems to have right order. And yet Jesus 
you're going to sleep? This is the attitude of the disciples. I recently watched an expose on, on this particular passage, and uh, uh, oftentimes this is set on the lake of Gennesaret, and when they talk about the great storms, because he was heading to a place called the Gadarenes, uh, oftentimes when they talk about the storms, uh, it caused confusion because on the lake of Gennesaret, uh, the, um, you're never more than about 15 minutes from shore. And these were mariners. They could surely maneuver a boat for 15 minutes to get it to shore. So it caused great confusion until recently they discovered that there's another region that was called the Gadarenes. And it, the only way to get to it is to travel down the Mediterranean Sea. And it makes more sense in the narrative because the boat that they would have had on the lake of Gennesaret would have been too small for Jesus to sleep in but the one that they would have had to travel a great distance in on the, on the Mediterranean Sea would have been a much larger ship with a place for Jesus to lay with his head on the pillows. So the mariners who knew how to maneuver a boat on a lake are now on a stormy sea. They're not close to land. They can't get to the shore it makes more sense as to why they were afraid because the boat was beginning to take on water. It was beginning to sink. And they knew they couldn't row hard enough. They couldn't fight the winds enough to get the boat out of harm's way. And how many of you ever been in a, a, a situation where something happened and your emotions kicked in immediately? Or how many of you have been in the middle of something and you've been doing something and you realize this is getting hopeless and then your emotions kick in? And this is the position of the disciples. They love Jesus. They follow Jesus. But even in a time when you're panicking and in fear, even the people you trust the most can become an enemy in a minute. Because fear is the motivator. And fear is pushing you around. And fear is overshadowing you. And fear is, is ripping at the heart of you. And people are never more dangerous than when they are panicked by fear. <laughs> How often have you been in a place... I don't know how it was for you, but when I was in school, we had fire drills. Now, we always knew those were drills, so we knew what to do. You just line up and do your thing, right? Follow the teacher out to the playground. Woohoo! we got out of class for a few minutes. But there was never any panic with that. But then I've seen situations when fear set in. I don't ever want to be in a th crowded theater if there's a fire in the dark with seats that are on the incline trying to find the exit door. People will run roughshod over you and they'll trample you in the way. I've been in good places with good emotions. 
I've been outside of arenas where people were seeking for healing for their body. And the speaker who was going to be speaking that night and praying for the sick was a person of renown. And you're standing at the door, and when the doors open, you're in a crowd shoulder to shoulder. You may have experienced this in a concert or some other venue. And we're all waiting to get inside because we want a healing touch from Jesus. But I've never been so bruised and beat up on my way to get in to get healed in a healing meeting as I was there when they opened the doors and everybody started the big push. Woo! No one wanted to miss their seat. Well, the disciples are, have a, an emotion much like that. They're afraid. They're fearful. And Jesus is just sleeping. Oh, come on now. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be real rough on these disciples. Oh, I can't believe their doubt. Yep. Jesus is with you for crying out loud. Come on. <laughs> but how often has things been going crazy in your life? And you're going, Jesus, where are you? Did you forget me? Can't you see I'm struggling here? I don't know, I don't know why the com comedian came back, but here he is. How can you sleep, Jesus, at a time like this, it's backwards, it's wrong, it's upside down, it's painful, it hurts. Where are you? Come on. Come on. We've all been there. Here's the circumstances. There's a storm. It's real. How many know storms can be dangerous? Huh? Unbridled power can be dangerous. You don't know which way it's going to go. You don't know what it's going to do. You don't know if you can, if you can uh, anchor yourself against it. How many of you, when you hear the sirens go off and there's a tornado warning, find your basement? It's innate in us to have natural fears. And the reality is, is they're in a storm. The ship is going down. The waves are too great. The wind is too violent. And the boat is taking on water. Jesus, we are in mortal danger, and you dare to sleep at a time like this? Oh, come on now. And here's the accusation you hear. You don't care that we're going to die? You don't care how much pain I'm in here? Can't you see what this is doing to me? Don't you understand that this could very well be the end? You need to Wake up, Jesus, and panic with us. Wake up and get panicked because we're panicked. And if we all panic, we'll be 
in the same place. But it bothers me, Jesus, that you won't panic with me. You didn't get to see what I just saw. Mm. Little girls waving out the window. Hi, Pastor. Misery loves company. Come on, we've all heard it. And if I'm going down, I want you to know you're going down too. This is dangerous. Lois, I'm sinking. Why are you so happy about my sinking? Start sinking with me, Jesus. Come on, let's sink. Jesus, let's sink together. The whole world right now is screaming, we're sinking. Is, is this okay? We're sinking. We're falling apart here. There's danger everywhere. It's so good now to finally be able to get into a restaurant, even though I have to wave at everybody from across the way. When they take my order... They stand 10 feet away. Which is good to see faces again. But the world thinks we're sinking. All they can see is the imminent danger of the moment. They don't understand who is sleeping right in the middle of this mess. The disciples didn't understand this as an opportunity. They saw it as certain failure. And anytime people panic, they get, it's easy to accuse because guess who gets on your shoulder to introduce thoughts in your mind? The enemy gets on your shoulder and he says, well, thought Jesus loved you. If he loved you, he wouldn't have put you in this storm. If he loved you, he wouldn't let you go through this. I think God doesn't like you. I think the whole world is against you. You're going to. You're never going to survive your trial. You're going to go down, and you're going to drown, and it's going to be painful, and no one will probably even notice. Isn't that how the enemy does us? No one's even going to care. So they woke Jesus with an accusation. But let me show you something here. Because oftentimes when we get in a position like this, we do accuse God, and then we come back later and we go, oh, God, I was so stupid. Oh, oh these people are holy. You haven't ever done that. <laughs> Y'all a bunch of holy folks in here. We get in the middle of a mess. Oftentimes it's a mess we made. But we get in the middle of a mess, and then we, we accuse God. Well, if you really loved me, 
you would have put $10,000 in my billfold laying on the kitchen table this morning. If you really love me, all my bills would have been paid. If you really love me, I wouldn't have had to face the dark night of the soul if you really love me. But let me show you something here. Jesus heard the accusation and rebuke didn't come till this was all settled. He heard the accusation and he got up and he did something about the moment. And sometimes we think because we accused God, now we've hurt his feelings, he's abandoned, he's gone. Oh, Jesus, please come back. No, Jesus never left the situation. He never left them. He never walked away. He never gave up on them even when they gave up on him. That's the God we serve. So Jesus stood up. What do you do when your boat is sinking? Stand up. <laughs> he would have been okay to rode that rocky boat all the way to the Gadarenes. But because people around him were panicking, he said, well, I guess I better do something. He had no worries. He had no fears. And I'll explain that here in just a moment. But look at this. He, he arose. He stood up. He, he took his position of calm assurance and brought it to another level called authority. Boom. Jesus was in calm assurance. This is okay. We'll get through this. This is no problem. Nothing for God. Everybody else is going, oh, you don't love us. You don't want to die with us. You don't want to sink. You, you, you won't panic to my level. What's wrong with you? Mm, Y'all looking at the floor. Stop it. He took his position of calm assurance and brought it to another level called authority. And then by authority, he gave the wind the command to stop. Now that's putting it politely because in the original language it said he said, shut up. I like that kind of authority. That's how you should talk to the devil. That's how you should talk to circumstance. Shut up. Get out of my face. What's wrong with you? But by authority, he gave the wind the command, and then came a great calm. <sighs> Just moments before. <laughs> now suddenly, everybody's in the calm of Jesus. <sighs> Whoa. I'm going to put it in today's vernacular. Dude. Dude. And then they start going, who is this guy? Whoa, who can do that? Mm. <laughs> well, let me, let me give you some insight. This word command means to give an authoritative order and the connotation that was in the definition says with a gruff voice. When you command... You don't go, 
Mr. Wind, would you stop? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry if that pokes you. <laughs> Mr. Wind, would you cease? No. Jesus said, shut up! Quit scaring these boys. Shut up. Stop it. And it did. And it did. There's another portion to this definition of command. It means to dominate. To have a strategic position from a superior height. They were under the storm. It's bigger than me. It's going to kill me. Is that all right, bud? He's like, don't bother me. But Jesus came at it from, what do you think you're doing? Who gave you the right to act like this? Shut up. And it was over. By authority, Jesus arose to a higher position than the wind and in a gruff voice said, shut up. He rose above the storm. He rose above the condition, the circumstance. And Jesus... The second man, Adam, here's how he could do it. Jesus, the second man, Adam, had all of the authority and the qualities of the first man, Adam, before he fell, before treason. Because remember, Jesus didn't operate as God in the world, although he wasn't separated from God. He operated in the world as a man underneath the authority of the Holy Spirit. He did what God said do, went where God said go. He didn't command things that he didn't have in his direct arsenal of authority. But this is the same Jesus that said, I saw Satan fall like a lightning. This storm is no match for God. And because I was created in the same authority as the first man, Adam, there is no sin factor in me. I have the authority to stand in this position and rise above this storm and let this storm know you are in the wrong. You are not in your proper place, and I loose you now to go back to your proper place. <laughs> you see, the disciples couldn't do this yet because they were still under the curse of the first man, Adam. So they, yes, they were in trouble without Jesus. If they'd have just understood, if Jesus isn't stirred about this, I don't need to be stirred about this either. But because they're flesh and blood and have self-preservation in the front of their heart and mind, they got in fear. They got in panic. They got into trouble. Sin still plagued them. 
And getting between them and their God-given authority here on the earth was their sin nature. So naturally, they panicked first and marveled later. The great calm came from the uprising of Jesus in his command, and it was simply the master bringing order to the situation. You may not understand this, but you have Christ Jesus in your heart. You are the master of the situations in your life. You may not be able to command the final outcome of a situation, but you can command how you go through the situation. Because even if that boat had sank, I promise you not a one of them would have drowned. They would have made it where God said go because they had God's word on the circumstance. Look at this. And Jesus and the boys were on assignment. Jesus not having a separation of sin in his spirit or soul from God naturally operated and lived out of a place of calm assurance. No fear to rattle him. No fear to muddle his mind or to hinder his abilities to think clear in an emergency. Jesus understood where he was going and why. He knew if the Spirit said go, the plan would reveal itself and nothing could stop it. And although nature was raging because of its subjection to the chaos created by the first man, Adam. When authority arose, it had to obey and return to proper order. Mm. I'm just here to deliver this to you. The season that we've been in cannot remain. Can I say that again? The season that we've been in cannot remain. You and I have the same Holy Spirit as Jesus. We've been given the authority of Jesus and the same authority that he gave to the disciples when he told them how he watched Satan fall like lightning in Luke, the 10th chapter. So we have two choices when difficulties arise. Panic in fear of the circumstance or calmly arise to the occasion and take our God-given authority. Jesus operated in right order to obey the voice of God in all things. My life is not my own. Jesus said that over and over, but to do the works of him who sent me. The disciples, by position of separation and self-preservation, had already Although they already had God's word, the storm was a disorienting distraction. And the purpose of the storm that comes in our life is to hinder us and to stop us from the word God has given us. The word was, go to the Gadarenes because there's a region of people who need me and one man who's bound with 6,000 demons who needs my authority to step into his life. Mm. The fear of the moment brought accusation against God and against God's man. But anytime we get into a panic situation, 
measure your circumstances by your true God-given authority. I can stand here and panic and fear and run and cause chaos and let this thing plague me and trouble my mind and keep me from sleep. Or I can arise by the authority that I have in Christ Jesus to a higher plane over this circumstance and stand upon the word God has given me. The word says, you shall live and not die. Huh? So that, thank you for finishing that, so that we can declare the works of the Lord. Hmm. So, the next time something like COVID-19 arises, I didn't say don't be cautious. I didn't say be foolish. But the next time it comes, don't panic. Don't get in fear. There's no room for fear in the kingdom. I said this earlier. I'll end with this. Casual Christianity is over as of March the 1st, 2020. And the thing that's going to lead the way for the church of Jesus Christ is to become the calm stability in our region. Come on, worship team. To be the calm stability, that calming factor that people can hold on to. So the next time this comes along, the next time there's a situation, whether it's personal or corporate or nationally, tell the devil, shut up. Shut up. Don't get on my shoulder. Don't talk your trash to me. Stay out of my thought processes. Shut up. Shut up. Because I'm going to arise above you and above this circumstance, and I'm going to trust the word of my God. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Amen. Father, I pray for these today. Under the sound of my voice, those on the parking lot, Father, I pray for them. Lord, I ask you right now to be with each and every child of the Most High God. Strengthen us in our inner resolve and cause us, Father, to come back in great strength Father, we're going to roar back from this time of silence. But when we roar back, it's going to be in the calm assurance of God. We're going to use our authority to bring about all the absolute necessary change for us to establish your kingdom in the earth in the days that we have left. We magnify you. We glorify you. We worship you and give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. If you're watching today and you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, it's as easy as simple trust. It's dismissing yourself and your importance placing all of your hope 
your desire, and your personhood on Christ Jesus. To let him lead and guide and direct. If you recognize that your life doesn't line up with God or righteousness or purity or cleanliness or truth, then you are in a wonderful place because the Holy Spirit is revealing to you there's something more. And that something more is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word makes it very, very easy to get on this path. Jesus wants you. The Father wants you. And here's what He desires, is that if you believe in your heart everything the Bible says about him, that he died in your place on a cross and took every sin and every awful thing you've ever done and paid the penalty for that so that you could face your heavenly Father clean and pure and covered, then you can be saved. All you have to do is open your mouth and make that confession because that profession of faith will deliver you to the kingdom. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I understand I am a sinner and I need you desperately. Be the Lord of my life. I willingly let go of my sinful condition. Take it all. I don't want anything left of my past. I want you. I want to walk with you, talk with you, know you. For the remainder of my life, I want to serve you. I want to be a child of God. I want to be a Christian. And so now, I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.